You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Jordan Peele does it again. He's probably one of my top directors now. Uh, I'm showing my hand early. We're talking about Nope. I've been waiting all summer for this one. Eric, how the hell are you doing today? Also excited to talk about this as most movies I'm excited to talk about, but this one just because the Jordan Peele, his official trilogy, unofficial yeah, trilogy, I, I it's kind of like his Coronado trilogy, right? His what trilogy? Is that is that what it is? Uh, the Edgar Wright, uh, kind of the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Oh, uh, those movies. Yeah, how they made three of them, and this is has to be in the same beat, right? All of those movies had a reoccurring over theme, even though they were not related. But his three, we have come to expect from the director at least, are there to have some sort of social commentary. Yeah, I don't know. See, uh, you told me uh, a day before I went to go see the film that there's a social commentary. I didn't see it. I, I saw something different, which is probably why Jordan Peele movies are so good and why I like them. Well, because I I went to the theater with with two other friends from work. I saw something completely different than what those two saw, and they saw something different from you know between each other. All three of us had different opinions. I think that's the beauty in his movies, though, is that it is a horror movie first, and it's done by a horror fan, and so those beats of tension building are all there. Those little details that you feel that other scary movies leave out or don't include or take for granted. Uh, they don't like to include them in a lot, but I feel like Jordan Peele does, whether it be just like environmental play to the environment a bit more, play to the sounds, play to the shadows where a lot of them just kind of like to just play to the, uh, the, the killer around the corner, you know, like, um, like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for instance, um, we all know it's Leatherface that, that is coming after you. And so everywhere you're going, it's just kind of be like, oh, where's he going to pop out? This, we know what the, the threat is, but there are other elements to it as well, too, because of how open the ranch is. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just um, this person coming to get you. It's, it's stalking them. And you have different elements of that possibly stalking right so again this is this is why i think this conversation is going to be good because i think you and i may have different opinions on this one i don't think this one is is uh, socially dissected as his other two films are i think this one's pretty much straightforward I mean, say what you say what you want but i mean like it's it's one of those if you or your friends want to disagree with it it's like all right well the director blatantly said one thing it's like it, the same thing with um Darren Aronofsky and, and, and Mother when when I'm, I always bring that up, we're just like, oh man, I thought this movie was a commentary about, uh, you know, the the you know a cancer living inside of the body, and just no, no, the director said flat out it's Bible. It's like, oh well, you just it sucked all the imagination out of the art of film interpretation to just be like, no, I made it so that you could watch it like this. You're supposed to watch it like this. Okay, well, you know what? I actually said to the friends I went to the theater with my exact words when we walked outside. One of them smokes, so um, <gasps> you know they were, they were outside smoking a cigarette while we were chit chatting before we left. You know, and um, 
I said, I'm excited to see what Eric has to say about this because he said that there was a social uh, commentary and I didn't see it. I explained what my opinions were. So I'm curious, Eric. I'm really excited to hear what what social uh, experience, I guess, or whatever you want to say. Are you are you are you trying to tell me? Because I'm really interested to see what you had to say. Well, even I think it would be summed up with the quote in the start of the movie that basically exploitation has a limit. These this movie is about how the humans in Hollywood were exploiting a lesser creature, an animal. You know, there's obvious reoccurring themes in this story. You can't deny that with the monkey, with the horses, um, well, with the with the stagecoach performances. Like, there's obvious exploitation that is done from one into the other uh, for the purpose of making money or or whatever it is, and that's shown repeatedly throughout this movie. Also shown that it has a limit that a person or object or living thing, whatever has a limit and they have an intelligence of, to know what's going on. And when it hits that breaking point, there's not much else you can do. You know, that's, it's your own fault. Okay. See, I didn't see that part. What I saw was, um, after I got him from the theater, I was reading information about the movie and Jordan Peele was quoted to say that he took inspiration from King Kong, Jurassic Park and Jaws. Clearly can see Jaws in this a lot. Clearly. Oh, absolutely. And, that was the guess, the best part of it, I would say. Right. This, this was so Jaws. You know, and this, that was like, okay, great. This is his Jaws. I thought that when I was watching the movie, it was like, oh, this is Jaws. Um, but something that I didn't catch watching the movie that I was reading up on that I was like, okay, it makes sense now. Because I kept on saying, I, I was searching, what was the point of uh, Gordy, the, the chimpanzee that went nuts? What was the actual point? You know, because there's something deeper that I'm there's, missing. There's a few different points to that, I, I would say. Because um, one, it shows something. It shows the the angle of Ricky of, of uh, Ricky Park, the the actor that survived that attack. Um, and I guess we'll just instead of going in sequential order, just talk about it. But it shows his development. So that was, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But also, again, it's, the movie opens that way after the quote. So it's again feeling. Like, this is the overall theme of, like, here's the breaking point. This is the arc, is that this monkey, this actor, was expected and, you know, put on show, uh, cameras and lights in front of him, until one day he cracked, and when a balloon popped, and he went crazy and killed everybody. Um, even in the beginning of that movie, he's in, like, you know, his clothes that the, the monkey is. He's in, like, human clothes. He's in, like, a, a party hat. He's in the clothes that, like, we put him in, you know, uh, that we expected him to, to kind of see in. And then um, after he is all bloodied up, he rips off that hat, you know, kind of like that's that's who he is. Which is, I think, great, too, because um, the UFO in this has, like, the traditional flying saucer look, which we right. expected it to, to see it as. But that's not what it looked like at all. Like, we saw later on in the end of the movie that it obviously took a completely different form um, right. object from what we are used to seeing it, which I think was kind of a, a fun thing, too, is that in the start of the movie, this is what we thought it was, but actually, when we got to see it after its breaking point, it's like, oh, it actually is something different. Yeah, because that's one thing I was going into it. Uh, it's true. Uh, we, we were in a pretty, pretty empty theater. Uh, everybody was still going to see Thor and Minions right now. So it was we, uh, 
myself and my two other friends from work, we pretty much had a private screening. We had one other person, but you know, yeah. Um, but as soon as the credits started, I said, okay, guys, Jordan Peele film. One of them is a big film person like me. The other one is just along for the ride. And I said, uh, it's not about aliens. <laughs> and they're like, what? It's like, the trailer says it's a UFO. It's probably not. It's a Jordan Peele film. We got to look for all the little things. And I think I had more fun watching this movie, <laughs> looking at the littlest details. I'll give you an example to jump ahead. Um, it's a small little thing that I noticed. Um, it was before the middle part of the movie, but when OJ is, is in the barn when the light turns on, and he goes by, looks like this black trash can or something in the corner, and he turns the lights back off. And then when he walks, that trash can moves, and it looks like it's a little alien. Yeah. I was like, I was, I said right in the theater, I knew that looked familiar. That trash can did not, did not look like a trash can. So it's like little things like that that I really enjoyed about this movie. <laughs> um, so and what then, you're saying is that you loved spoiling the movie for your two. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, yeah, so we always kind of do an order, like you said, so I, I guess we can kind of go with that without yeah. trying. So, because we don't have to. This movie is it does jump around a lot, so it's not it, like. It does can... jump. But what kind of sucks, though, Eric, is that I want to sit here and not talk about the movie, but talk about the movie. I want to, I want to psychoanalyze this movie because there's a lot to unpack, but I feel – like there's other things that we need to talk about, like just for the beginning, as an example, um, my uh, one friend that I went uh, to the theater with uh, is a big rec room for a dream fan. Mm -hmm. So right in the beginning, we get OJ talking to his dad, who's on a horse on this ranch, uh, Hayward Sr., I guess. And he starts talking and I turned to my friend and I said, ass to ass, bud. <laughs> and he went, is that him? I was like, yeah, that's him. That's him. Um, and then out of nowhere, he just keels over dead. It was like this kind of like this hailstorm, if you want to say. It's just things are falling from the sky. Turns to find out, takes him to the hospital. He's dead, but he had a, a nickel or a quarter that went through his eye and got stuck into his brain. Yeah, yeah what a way to go, man. What a way to go, right? And the, and the horse was fine and everything. And then OJ, six months later, is stuck doing, you know, having to deal with this ranch. Um, and this ranch is important because I'm going to hopefully get this right. And I don't know if it's historically accurate, but um, the Hayward family, there's a there, there was a image of a first image ever of a jockey on a horse, a black man on a horse. And that turned out to be O.J.'s great, 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 great grandfather. That's right. So uh, the family got into the movies and they're like the horse trainers of Hollywood. And now that the dad's dead, O.J.'s to take it over. He's losing his ranch. Over past the ranch is Glenn from, uh, you know, Walking Dead doing his whole uh, touristy trap thing, um, trying to reel people in with something special, right, that we don't know what it is. It, it is a very touristy trap type of, you know, family show kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the way I took it. And, of course, I'm watching every little thing, like I pointed out to the friends. Um, um in the middle of the movie, um, when we get the reveal of the UFO, I, I said out loud, I go, look at the back of his, uh, look at the back of his cowboy uniform. It's a UFO. It's a UFO. Yeah. He knows something. a lot, a lot of details, um, right. that are obviously put everywhere. And also a lot of callbacks. Anything yeah. that is usually put into the movie in the beginning is going to be called back to, uh, some point later on. So 
I, um, I, I like I, those details uh, because of that. Not often we see that in, in a lot of scary movies. You know what else a scary movie had that was um, uh, Zach Ward's movie that we did. Oh, what was it? Bethany or something? We didn't review it. We just spoke to him. I we I watched it. it. Yeah, you but, did. I did it. Oh, okay. It was one of those movies where it's just like, okay, anything that they put in the start, they gave an answer to at the end. Right. So, was, yeah. <laughs> right, fan of the show? Get him back on here. Get him back. Get him back on. Um. So, really, really like OJ. Um. He immediately, um. I, I, I immediately recognized him from Get Out. He was the main guy in Get Out because of those piercing big eyes. I can I mean, I mean, I will always remember that actor. He has these piercing, big, wide eyes. Like they're just, it's, it's really kind of cool to uh, to uh, remember that because he kind of reminds me of one of the Skarsgård brothers who have like <laughs> these weird kind of eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, I'm say, yeah. Well, so Daniel I, Daniel Kaluuya, he's um, Oscar award winning actor, by the way. What did what 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 was his award that he got the Oscar? Uh, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, okay. And the woman that plays his sister. Oh my God, was she fun! She was spunky and fun. I loved her so much. The actress that played the sister. Uh, it's, it's Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Um, I, I think she's great. She's a very charismatic person. I think she was a perfect choice for this movie. Was she in other Jordan Peele movies? Um, she's just kind of like a force, a, a tour de force right now. She's in everything. Let me pull her up. I, I, I To be honest, I had come to find Kiki Palmer because she was a, a like a a personality like a like a TV personality like a interviewer, and so I saw like a lot of like her interviews on like the red carpet like on YouTube and stuff, and um that was like a long time ago I think Tom pull her up yeah she was in Barbershop too she did like a lot of wow like a lot of like yeah TV stuff a lot of TV stuff music she does it all man like she's just a basically just one of those powerhouse personalities it looks like she got her come up on. Maybe in like a, like a kids' TV, like a lot of Nickelodeon, a lot of like a that Viacom circuit. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, well, she was fun though. She yeah, was absolutely fun. Yeah, I, I think she's just a she's a bright person. Everyone seems to love her. Like in everything that I've seen her in. Oh, she's in 90210, the new one. The remake. Uh, yeah, a lot of I'm music assuming videos. The remake. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, that the Viacom circuit, man. She was just in like ER, you know, um, Law she and Order. Probably in Scream. Cold Case. Yeah, she she did the whole thing. She's just in everything. Um, and now she's at a point where it looks like she can start uh, picking her picking her movies. Well, she's doing a great job in this movie. I, I really, really enjoyed her a lot in this movie. She definitely um, uh, Ripley'd it up, uh, Linda Hamilton it up at the end there. Because she wasn't mousy, you know, like those women were in those roles at the beginning and then became a Rambo fight at the end. She just she just wasn't really a fighter. She was just mostly like this crazy, wacky sister. And then eventually when it was time to fight, Chick fought. And she was really fun to see. Um, so they're on this ranch in the middle of nowhere. I actually would like this ranch for me because this just seems like a perfect place for me. I mean, like it's it's something that I would like. I like the seclusion. Uh, I like looking out the window and seeing miles and miles and miles of of, of nothingness. Uh, that appeals to me for some reason. Um, well, those those rolling it, hills are are just you know you, you, right. it's a great what a view. Right, it, it's a great view. I, I love it. Um, we get introduced to like I said, Glenn, which I know that's not his real name, but I always know, I will always remember him as Glenn from Walking Dead, and he's playing Jupe. 
this 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 child actor um, who did pretty much looked like children movie roles, and he did this one show named Gordy, where the chimpanzee went nuts, and he was one of the survivors. And uh, OJ would take his horses because he couldn't afford to pay for his ranch, so he would sell his horses to Jupe. And we don't know why Jupe wants the horses because we don't see them riding horses or doing anything, which I found it kind of confusing. Because when he even said to Jupe, uh, I'm going to buy them back, Jupe was like, yeah, buy them back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, where are the horses? Um, and then uh, the sister, I, I forget what, M? M is her name? The sister? Uh, M, uh, yeah, M, 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 or Emerald? I'm sorry. That's why. Yeah, they call her M, though, right? Yeah. Okay, so Emerald's like, oh my god, you're on that show, Gordy, blah, blah, and he takes her to this to this shrine, and for the second time, we see this this shoe that was standing straight up on its heel. Yeah, that's kind of weird, huh? With the, with the subtle dot on it. Right, so I'm just like, huh, we saw that shoe in the beginning with the chimpanzee. We see the shoe here. Clearly, he displayed it, but that's exactly the way it was. So immediately, this is where I'm thinking. This is kind of where I wanted to talk to you about where my head was going for theories. So my head's thinking, okay, it's a Jordan Peele movie. This is about aliens, but it's not about aliens because it's a Jordan Peele movie. This is what I'm thinking while I'm watching. UAPs. I know that's a new, yeah. No, no, I will not conform to that. They said it in the movie. I'm not going to conform to that. Have anyway, a little bit in the movie how it's a UAP now. I'm not going to conform to that. Um, but so my first thought is, oh, okay, chimpanzee went nuts. This is what I'm thinking, that maybe um, because every time that the UFOs around, electricity goes haywire, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe the UFO was was maybe like above the studio at that point in time back then. And it shut off all the EMP. It did like an EMP, shut off all electricity. Oh, man. Chimpanzee goes nuts because of it, right? And it kills everybody. And the reason why the shoe was standing up because of gravitation or whatever. Oh, man. George, that was my original thought. I, I, I feel, I apologize, but I feel like I got into your head saying that it's going to be, you know, like deep, deep and hidden pictures when, like, subtle this, yes, but... Um, I don't think it was that deep. I think it was just kind of at face value here. Go on, continue. If you, if no, I mean, no, that was it. I was just, that was just, well, because I don't know if you got in my head or if I got in my own head. Because watching Get Out and watching us, we reviewed both of these movies. So, I mean, congratulations, Jordan Peele. You got yourself the golden headphones there, right? We yeah. reviewed you times. Um, I just, I wanted to, there is, there is, there is something more. Kind of like, Kind of like a Tarantino film. Uh, he's showing you stuff, but you got to pay attention to the little things that are in the background. So that's what my original thought was. What is with this chimpanzee? So anyway, we go back, and OJ keeps on getting his horse. Horses keep on going missing. They get sucked up in a tornado, if you will, right? I mean, this is some great stuff. Now, typical Jordan Peele movie, boring. There's no reason for this to be two hours and 25 minutes. Uh, but the first hour definitely is the character set up and the plot point. Did you find yourself bored at all on this first yeah, hour? Listen, I, I think everyone can agree that I, the, that I went to go see it with, because I went to go see it with the group, uh, that the one thing that hurts this movie the most is its runtime. It it did not need to be that long of a runtime. I think you could have probably cut a few things out, but um, 
without getting like too deep into it, I, I guess the few things I probably would have been um, maybe cut down the first encounter down by a little bit. I would have cut down uh, the uh, angels set up camera parts, uh, probably cut those down uh, a little bit too. Like I understand you're building the relationship between him and like, you know, that's the reason why he hangs around is because he is curious and committed after a while and you kind of need to show that a bit more. But uh, overall, I think, like, maybe just cutting out that character a little bit more. Like, I, he served a purpose, but, I, you know, he put him in, you put him in there too much, and it's just like, eh. Uh, I think a lot of the um, parts with the cinematographer, with Antler's Holst, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that could have been cut, uh, that runtime could have been cut a lot, because it just seemed kind of... Uh, I understand what you were trying to go for. Again, uh, the movie I feel was about um, the overtime, the overlying tone of exploitation. And while all this is going on, they are trying to get a picture or get the Oprah shot of this of this alien, right? Of this UFO, of this whatever the hell it is. And in order to do so, they they would exploit obviously its image for money. So right. um, it's just yeah. another another level of it. I get it. But to have him like do what he did and go out the way that he did just seems kind of like, well, why? I actually agree with you, Eric. Um, when I first saw that character, the uh, cinematographer guy, and he spoke, I was like, oh, the bad guy from The Crow. Um, That's the first thing I said, too. Uh, and then uh, I was... Michael, uh, uh, I had it up here, Win Wincott. And then after that, after I said the crew, I was like, oh, that's right. He was also in Alien Resurrection in the beginning before he got killed. Um, I, If I was the studio, I would cut this character completely out of the movie because you already have the Haywards already established in the film world. So if they wanted an image – because at the end of the movie – uh, M and OJ were like happy as hell because uh, the cinematographer brought an IMAX camera that was a crank, not electrics. So it will continue to take the image. They could have figured that out themselves some way, somehow. You know, so they didn't yeah. need that character because his sacrifice meant nothing. So his character development, the bad guy from The Crow, his character development was he was always putting himself in dangerous situations to get the perfect shot. So he's going to decide to get devoured alive by a, by a, by a UFO because he wants the perfect shot. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Again, um, I, I feel like a lot of his, his line, uh, his plot or whatever didn't add much and it could have been something else. I don't know if something was left on the cutting room floor, which is another thing too, is that we don't know what was left out versus what was, right. what was left in, but it just seems like um, from, from that, unique perspective we could say well uh, it might have been better just to do without him i agree with you so they definitely could tell oj and m could definitely tell there was something going on um with the ranch so they go and get surveillance camera footage high-tech stuff he's like i'm broken i have no money and then they have angel show up with the frosted tips i've seen this actor before he looks familiar oh well it's because he looks like one of the francos uh, or um... right but he's not is he i was uh... wondering I don't uh, believe so. Uh, he's from the OA, uh, a Netflix series, which um, I watched for a bit. Uh, I really liked it. It, got two, it only got two seasons, but um, and one of those discontinued ones. Other than that, it really hasn't been much. Um, no, I don't see him in really anything else. American Insurrection is a movie that he did last year. Sure. Um, 
Oh, this is a straight to DVD. Uh, is that bad anymore? Straight to DVD is not bad anymore. Well, I mean, in the if you're not getting streamed and it goes to DVD, then yeah, I'd say it's pretty bad. So All right, give, fine. Give, fair give me on streaming. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. We'll just put you on a DVD. And if somebody chooses to to do that, it's like, geez, that's even worse. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but I like Angel. So he sets us up. He plays. He plays the guy in the chair role. You know, he he sets up all these cameras. And then we're going to get, you know, a, a big reveal that, uh, I mean, little things happen, like I said, where, uh, where, where OJ has the lights turned on the barn, he goes out, and this little aliens attack him, but they're not aliens, they're actually a part of um, Jupe's uh, ranch mm-hmm. across, you know, and they're pranking him and stuff. But I think this was very clever. Now, maybe this has been done in a movie before, I have no idea. But what I really liked is... The next day, because they're trying to kick Angel off, because who is this guy? He's not a part of it. Leave us alone. He comes back unannounced, shows up abruptly, and he says, I knew it. And they're like, what? And he goes back and plays the footage. This cloud doesn't move. I thought that was a great little reveal. I think that was very clever. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was great, too. Nice tension-building moment of it. It's like that's how it starts, that one curious thing. And... Again, I, I understand the role of Angel's part. It's like the the klutzy, clutch, lovable guy. He's even his name's even Angel, you know. Like, yeah, for, yeah. So so he's just there to to kind of um, just move it along, but also get to be like the lovable idiot, you know, the uh, uh, the buffoon, I guess. Yeah, the guy know? in the chair. Nah. Yeah, well, yeah. He just moves it forward. He can say the line. He can do this. He can he can be there. You know, at the spot, flipping the switch. So you're right. Right. Uh, he's he's that guy. Yeah. So he's just kind of the the, the third background. You know, get him out there, and um, you know he's a, he's the toadstool to Mario. Nice. <laughs> that's that's what nice. it is. He's, yeah, everyone's got to have a you know, a little, like a side side kick. So I uh, uh, I liked it for that. Um, again, it, it's but the, those little parts help. You know, you didn't need to to stay there all day. And do that, or even like um, uh, have the praying mantis on the camera for that long. That seemed like an extra five minutes. Well, there was a reason for that, and I still can't figure it out, which makes me think that this thing is not alien. Mm. Because because that praying mantis purposely was on that camera when it arrived, and it left immediately when it left. Right, and uh, I would agree. I don't think it's. Uh, I have some theories about it, but we'll save it maybe for for the end. There's things yeah. that I had um, that I dreaded about this movie because I thought a, a lot about it after I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I might need to watch this again." Uh, for instance, the first parts of when like the power power was going out, mm-hmm. and when OJ went to go view Jupiter Park next door, and he saw the lights kind of going on and off. Um, I didn't really understand what that was at first, and then I realized, oh wait, later on, like, oh, that was a neighboring park, and he was, what he was watching was one of the displays that Jupe was doing, right? One of the, uh, the sacrifices, I guess. Yeah, so I want to talk about that. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm a little confused about this, so hopefully I don't answer myself. So we never really see what Jupe is doing. We know that Jupe is buying horses, but we don't, it's not a horse ranch. It's a tourist trap. He makes a little town. I mean, when I say tourist trap people, I mean a tourist trap. And he has this little makeshift stadium, not even half full, right? It's not like 40 people are there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely uh, not a capacity. 
Right, and all the he he had he had, he has said never expressed anything about UFOs. Like like it's not a tourist trap where you have like little green men with a big black guy stuffed animals. Right, it's just all Western stuff. So these people are out on this stadium, this platform, pavilion, if you will. And uh, finally, he wears this really, really cheesy cowboy suit. Kind of reminds me of Don Cheadle and uh, and Boogie Nights when he wears those cowboy suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it's got the uh, the UFO embroidery in the yeah. back. Has the UFO. He has something on a tarp, and he says, "I'm going to tell you all the truth as, as as true as I can tell you. To be honest, from my wife and child, and blah 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 blah. That I looked over down yonder and I saw a UFO. And when I saw this UFO. He didn't say these words, but the way I kind of interpret it is that he thinks that he can control it or something. He's pretty much trying to shamu this thing. Yeah, uh, from what I got in the beats that from uh, they got from Gordy, because he was, again, the kid actor that survived. And we got to, uh, through many parts of the movie, get to get that glimpse back of what actually happened on the set that day, which I think was was like awesome it was dark as shit and i loved it uh, yeah, right you know and it's like oh man like i i get to see that on camera it's just like or on a movie so yes like this is great this is like i'm never gonna forget that scene no it's a great scene it's great i love that scene so yeah so yeah and so i i i like jordan peele for that because that's what i think that those movies are about having a scene like just burn in your you know in in your kind of correlation to that movie throughout the rest of time and I, I got many of them with this movie. Anyway, is that uh, he was one that lived, and it seemed like um, that that haunting part where uh, Gordy was, you know, had done all of his rampage, I guess, and he has that moment where he kind of takes off his hat and he looks at the camera, and it's just like, whew, you know, kind of kind of chilling. But it's not the camera; it's actually at at Jupe. It's actually at Ricky, or whatever his name is. Uh, and we get to see that. Oh, there's this moment. They they were about to do the fist bump. They were about to, you, you know, have a have a moment there. That during all this chaos, all of this uh, carnage that happened around him, the monkey put it down because oh, I'm with this dude, and so right. I, I wonder. Right. Yeah, exactly. That he carried on that feeling that oh, I must be better than this. There's there's something about me that draws you know that that can that can reach through to these um you know i guess to this other this other side of that these beasts if you yeah will. i'm trying to think of a better way to to describe it because we don't really know if this thing's animal or not i guess we can say that it is it seems certainly behaves like it and they've given enough enough uh hints in the movie to say that it's a alpha apex predator type thing we don't know at this point yet because then he also too i want to say one more thing about the gordy stuff what 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 really i thought was a great shot and i said a lot in theater what a great shot uh where the dad of the show is running away from gordy and they Ooh. go into the kitchen set and the swinging door goes back and forth and every time the door moves you can see you know like every little hit and punch and everything that gordy does I was like, that's a great shot and then there was these feet you don't know if it's the mom you don't know if it's the sister but gordy's like just gnawing on her face clearly and then we go back to jupe and jupe's like and my first crush my first love my co-star or whatever that girl's now grown up she has this veil over her face right it's like oh dude she got her face eating off like that's gonna be cool to see right yeah and then all of a sudden they reveal that it's a horse in a box and then he's doing the bait, 
And then here comes the UFO. I'm excited. What's going on with the UFO? And then everybody gets sucked up into this vortex. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then it's like, it's like inside of a stomach because it's like really, really tight, like tight. Oh, boy. Uh, right? And what people a scene. can't. And there's a slowly going up, and they're everybody screaming, everybody screaming, and then this one random woman uh, gets secreted to the wall, if you will, and we see like a horse's skull, and then her head gets like laid back. It's all by like muscles that are controlling her, and then like this flap of skin, or whatever, goes over her face, and she screams bloody murder. And I got it right there. I was like, oh my god, this isn't a UFO. This is a living creature. It just ate all these people. Yeah, it's just like slowly digesting it, and then. Oh my God! What what a an insane visual! And then to, for after that too, because however many hours that thing was flying around, and you could hear people screaming it still. Yeah, oh, people still man. screaming. That was you know what reminded me of after. Oh, creepy man! What remind me of the '80s Blob movie? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. That was that's a good comparison. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, this is like the '80s Blob. I mean, like, can you imagine that? I mean, like, you get sucked up into this thing. And you can't move, and you're just being just like slowly acid digested. Like that was really, really cool. Um, I'm oh, like, oh yeah. my god, this is this is great. Like, I, what a great idea. I know exactly what. Like the as a kid, um, I remember exactly what you're talking about. Like in the sewers. Um, oh man, the of the blob. Yeah, the blob. Yeah. Yeah, or that one guy just like, oh, his hands out, help me, and it's oh, you could just see the like the his skull just get peeled back. Oh, it was great. Yeah, this is this was this was great. This is what the horror scene was. I had no idea up to this point that this was just a thing. Like I thought it was maybe UFO, but again, it's Jordan Peele. Well, here's the other thing: is that uh, we get to see a little bit more and more of this of the saucer character, and we get to see. I don't know if you started to notice this, but um, the outside of it, the the what we think of it, it'd be like a shell or cover, started to ripple. Yeah, it did. It did at the end, too. And then it really, really changed and rippled. And I was like, okay, there's something more to this. Um, and also, too, we might as well call it by its name. Uh, we find out in the movie uh, that M always wanted to, to train this horse Jean Jacket. But I'm trying to remember, but for a reason, she was never allowed to train Jean Jacket. So uh, OJ and M have dubbed this flying saucer now Jean Jacket. That was supposed to be her horse, and she wanted to do that, but um, her dad and brother, I think, took business first, and was just like, yeah, it's your horse, but we went inside, and, and we broke it instead. We did it, you know, what we thought was best, and I think that's a callback because um, this thing is called, now it's called Jean Jacket, and she's the one that ends up breaking it. Yeah, right. I actually like that. But they, okay, so now we come up with a plan. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, no. I'm, I, I skipped a big scene. So now this thing is pissed. This thing knows. Oh, hold on. First, the the people get sucked up, and we get this the 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 whole night of them just kind of flying around and just like screaming. And then I want I want to bring out that crunch because suddenly all the screams stop. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. Oh. That's what I was getting ready to because um, OJ goes back, gets knocked out into the vortex. Uh, he gets back in the car, and then uh, while Angel and Emma are in the house. Um, you hear like that crunch, it, it goes over the house and, and then it starts raining blood. So now we, we know what the we skipped the, the flag and the, the horse, the, the plastic horse, right? No, the, no, that's in this too. That's in this because um, it, it starts raining blood and then OJ is driving 
and um, the the well, Jean Jacket goes over him to kind of be like, "Hey, man, stop messing with me," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts raining blood on his car, and then eventually, it all stops. And then that's when it spits out that plastic horse with the with the flags. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. I think we we went on track. I think it would it hit the the horse first, then it sucked up everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter. I might be getting it wrong too. I mean, yeah, but we also reveal. Uh, that the reason why his dad died is because this thing spits out non-organic material. So why was it? Kind of why like a, was like it an owl pellet type of thing? Right. Why was it? Why was it raining blood on the house to say to say f you? Mm. Um, great detail, by the way, too, with that rain coming down, and then you could see like the the rain kind of, you know, like uh, falling. Uh, on top of the saucer first and then around the house so it's almost like the house right. was protected like, what a great detail that was and then the blood coming down I think it was just um, you, I, I went back to um, almost like the, the quote at the start of the movie because this this um, I understand that that quote was supposed to be more like let me you know put you in a costume and make a show of you but right. it felt like in this part the the creature the ufo was like you know making a spectacle of the house like let me let me dress you up in this in this filth and this vile you know and and make you a sight to be seen type of thing um but also it could just be that it was pissed off and it was just kind of i don't know having diarrhea all over the house that's what i wanted to know because the friends that i went were like oh it up all over it. it it vomited over the house and i was like i don't know i mean like we don't know why we don't know what it is. I don't think it's alien because of the praying mantis, and we'll talk about that towards the end of the show here. But I, well, you, I think anyways, it was just, you could take the action as not as not one that's inviting. No, yeah, it's not inviting. At all. So now we know this thing's a living creature. We know that this is not a, a flying saucer. So after the night of blood, they they figured this out that it's a predator, and its nest is in that cloud that doesn't move. Uh, so they call the villain from the crow to come in, and after a couple scenes of him saying no, he finally does come, and they come up with this plan. They're going to uh, what do um, the whacking flavor tube waving man all over the ranch, right? Yeah, I think those were just to set up uh, electrical perimeter, right? And yeah. they wanted to see where it was. And now the news has started to come into play because 40 people randomly had just disappeared from Jupe's ranch. Yeah. So we're trying to figure that out as well. And um, they get the whole thing set up, and then all hell breaks loose. It's now becoming shooting the yellow barrels um, <laughs> to the yeah. to the shot at this point. Right? This 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 good stuff. I mean, like, there's nothing much. There's not detail I can really talk about because. Nothing really like it's just TMZ reporter shows up, gets knocked out, right? Uh, Angel and uh, what's this? Uh, the the cinematographer up on a hilltop trying to film everything. Uh, M is watching footage, and 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 OJ is is bait. We've also revealed a weakness at this point too. Uh, is is it a weakness? No, I'd say it's more of like a like a defense. What is that? Um, well, the other, uh, many, again, many character arcs in this movie is that OJ, um, and his dad are, are different because it seems like very, very much have a respect to the animals that they care for on the ranch, right? Mm-hmm. It seems that they really take notice to 
their well-being, whereas um, maybe it's kind of suggested or dismissed that many other industries in the same like don't. They don't care about what animals that they use or what the treatment that they're getting, that they respect it, and therefore they can maybe have a better um, read on the body languages and stuff like that. So after a while, OJ notices that this thing is not behaving like some sort of UFO that's curious and observing. It's behaving like an animal. It's behaving like a stubborn horse uh, or some sort of uh, alpha, I guess, that's trying to claim territory or is territorial. He finds out that, uh, I guess, I was wondering about this too, if they were going to do like a, like a T-Rex type of thing. But um, as long as you don't look at it then you are not challenging it, and therefore it will not suck you up. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a detail that doesn't need to be um, there. Because I know that it serves his purpose, you know, it's, when it's, he's trying to run away from it, but it's really, it's, it's so big, it's so massive. I mean, hey, it's, you know what I mean? it's the Simpsons defense. What's the Simpsons defense? Just, just don't look. Nice. In that tree are so horrors obviously yeah, yeah 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 nice nice i'm i'm very proud of you thank on you. that one thank you. no it's just it, uh, to me i don't know if i want to say lazy writing but it was just no need for that you know it, it's just yeah it was okay uh my favorite part of the movie uh was a was a comedic part where the tmz reporter on the uh motor on the electric bike gets thrown off his bike and screams very funny <laughs> and he has like a Will Ferrell <laughs> Mustafa moment where they're like, is he okay? And then it's cuts to him screaming bloody murder. He's like broke his arm or something oh, yeah, like that. No, Angel's like, oh yeah, that guy's definitely dead. And then, oh. <laughs> starts, starts screaming, hello? <laughs> I see you have fallen off a cliff. <laughs> you know, so that, that just reminded me of that. You yeah, know? that's good. I wanted him to say, my last little line is, I want him to say, the wound is beginning to smell a little bit like almonds, which is not good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff. That was funny. So I liked that. Um, the guy gets sucked up. Uh, Angel practically almost gets sucked up a handful of times. Um, and then, um, again, what we said at the beginning of the show, uh, the cinematographer self-sacrifices to get the perfect shot that does nothing. And this whole point, I don't know if we really established it, maybe we did, but this whole point of this whole thing is not to kill it, not to defeat it, not to control it, but to get the Oprah money shot so they could, what, pay for the ranch. That's the whole point of this whole operation, right? Well, I think it's to a point where they don't know how to stop this thing, and who would, right? You have this right. this thing doing God knows what and, and how... Uh, for how long? And it's just like, well, I don't know what else to do it. So in order to get attention to it, it's like, all right, well, uh, hey, every you can't just go obviously to town square and be like, hey, everybody, I know what's why those 40 people went missing. It's because of a UFO. It's just like, they're going to call you crazy. So obviously they want to do something to bring up enough, enough aware, awareness so they can get people to, you know, uh, come back. But that's already enough. Like, um, that's why the cinematographer, that's why Antler's uh, holsters came out because he was re remembering the phone call he got was uh, in the same city that the four pe 40 people were missing. So mm -hmm. like, All right, well, something's got to be there, so I'll go, I'll go check it out. Um, so, but yeah, it, the, whole, the whole point of it was just to, uh, to do that. Well, at the same part, I guess it's nice at the end because um, I think she kind of figures 
I don't know if it was like a balloon thing or why she came up with that idea or if it was a, the plan all along. I didn't think it was. No, I don't think that was the plan. I think a lot of things kind of got messed up once the, uh, once the biker got sucked up. Things kind of got because the whole point was to get footage. Oh, you know what? I because at the end he um, OJ did, does the eye thing, and she sees it in like as an acknowledgement type of thing. But I wonder if that already like I was like, oh, you know, um, because that giant balloon at the end that she releases like it has eyes. So I wonder if that was a correlation to like she matched it like oh we gotta have. I don't know, another balloon that can do eye contact or look at it. and I don't know. I don't you know. know. Yeah, Seth, let's talk about that real quick. So um, there's a movie that you and I reviewed uh, quite some time ago. It was a new movie when it came out, and people were calling it The New Alien. It's not. It was called Life. Remember that? Oh, in – jeez, I do remember that. The space movie? The space Guy, movie. People... Ryan Gosling was in that? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, whatever. And it was it, people were saying it was the new alien, right? Yeah. You know, and it was this balloonish-looking thing, and it can it does exactly what this looked like when it spread its wings, I guess you would say, because it looks like a UFO, but then all of a sudden it gets really, really big and grows into this gigantic, like moth-looking thing, which makes me believe that the UFO thing was like the baby version of this thing. Um. I don't like this design. I like the UFO design mostly. This butterfly thing—it was—it was quite. I can't believe I'm saying it. Unbelievable. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it just—it just seemed weird, right? Uh, I mean, if you wanted little green men, I guess. No, I didn't want a green men. I just wanted this thing to be just that—just that flying saucer shape. Have this thing. Yeah. It's huge. You know it didn't what? look right. I don't think I, I minded it so much because I um it maybe I did it first, but now I don't because going off of what you were talking about before, I think this might actually confirm that this isn't like a UFO. That this probably is just some old like creature, right? Like a living, like a kaiju type of thing. Right, which is one of my buddies walked out of the theater, and his disappointment was. Well, that's not what I thought. And I said, why? You don't like it? No, I liked it. It's just I just thought at the end of the movie there would be – and he was being funny. He was like, I just thought since it's a Jordan Peele movie that it would be something like it's the gumnet. But You know, like yeah. – you know what I mean? You know, like, oh, this this was a government experience uh, – or, or because it never – because he said that they never said exactly where they were in California. So he was like, is this like, is this like a new Area 51? <laughs> You know, like he said, I was expecting that, and I kind of agreed with him on that, Eric. It's, it's like, we don't know if this thing is alien, meaning lives outside of this earth. We don't know anything about it at all. And I, I kind of wish that Jordan Peele would have given us more of what Jean Jacket was. Kind of. Because then it has like this, this, like this mega, triple, quadruple mouth thing that opens up. Which I, hear, weak. I understand that, but... I think that would also take away from the connection that you, the viewer, have with the main characters because you're finding out at the same pace they are. Okay. But wouldn't you like something at the end, like, you know, like mid-credits scene or something like that or after credits where, you know, where camera pans underground and there's the gubnet? We've got to release like, another one. Because it, it's, it has worked and yet it hasn't. Like, okay, um, Cloverfield, for example. 
We are yeah. in the same part. Like we didn't get any answers throughout the entire movie, but at the end of the movie, we suddenly get uh, a home clip of maybe something crashing into the, you know, into the bay. Uh, right. You know, just like, oh, does that mean it was out of this world? Does that mean it was, you know, like the the what if question? I don't know if it adds a whole lot to it. I mean, maybe it does if you're planning on sequels for this, but I don't think that this what this the purpose of this movie was was to to create you know, uh, uh, the race of, of UFO or of nopes that um, live in this world. Well, okay, so the end of the movie is that we established in the beginning of the movie when uh, M goes to this makeshift tourist trap, these kids were cranking, putting a quarter into this well and cranking, and then when it cranked so far, it would take a picture. <laughs> um, Callback, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So then that's how she's going to get proof, right? She releases the big, huge jupe balloon, and the she's waiting for the perfect moment for Jean Jacket to eat the balloon. It gets the balloon. She takes the picture. She has proof. TMZ is there. And then she looks over yonder, and there is her brother clearly symbolizing the jockey on the horse, right? That's that's what the symbolization was with that. Oh, you know, I didn't put that together until you just said it. Um, I can understand that. Yeah, that uh, I thought it was just, huh. It looks. Gonna... It looked. It looked just like it. Yeah. It was. I mean, because they said that the great, 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 great grandfather was the first black man jockey slash movie guy on a horse, and then when we last see him, he's on the horse looking at her. Right. I'm just like, oh, is that supposed to be a symbol? Is that supposed to be symbolism? That could be. You know that they were again the OGs, the the, the first to do it. They're the ones that were there. They started it. Uh, that's pretty cool. I think. Yeah, Jordan, I might be onto something there. Ha! Hey, that's my one for the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious about what you have to say about Nope. I know why they call this Nope, because uh, well, he would say a lot of times when I would say it. You know, Nope, ain't no, nope, ain't doing that one. So, Eric, did you know that it's an acronym, by the way? Of. I didn't find this out until I think the day we were going to go see it, but um, and this is more so just because I closed myself off, see the trailer. I don't need to see anything more. It's like I'm already going to see it, but apparently it stands for not on planet Earth. Is that confirmed or is that just Twitter bullcrap? No, I th um, I think he had gone on to say I haven't done any research to for him, but I thought he had said not that. on planet Earth. Not on, not of planet Earth. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, well, I'm curious to see if that's true or not, because he originally was going to call this like little green men or something like that. Yeah, so I might need to, might need to fact check on that one. but Maybe, we'll see. So Eric, you tell me though, what is your popcorn rating for Nope? Listen, um, I've gone back to think about this movie over and over again. I, I really liked this movie. I really did. Like I, I, I liked a lot of the features of it. I liked the um the message that it gave. I, I like oh the the cinematography. Like the the certain Jordan Peele can do tension. And mm -hmm. one of my favorite moments, I actually reacted. Like I actually like did a reaction to the to this is when um the day after that the people got abducted from Jupe's uh from Jupiter Ranch or whatever, mm -hmm. and OJ went to go check it out. And he went into that that um, the main show ring, and that's when the UFO was you know saw him and went after him, and mm -hmm. it it tried to eat him. And when that thing 
jumped from cloud to cloud to cloud and then went in to try to suck him up. I thought it was great, man. Like I, I flinched off of that. It was, it was creepy. That's one of those. It's, it's a fear. It's like it's like a dream of mine. It's like a nightmare that I've had before. And I thought that was a great visual. I thought he did a great job of that. Um, that's another thing that's going to stick in my head. The way that this thing moved from cloud to cloud, the Jaws wave, I thought it was fantastic. Visually, I think it was great. Um, they did a good job with the environment. Listen, I like this movie. I like a lot about it. But I can't seem to give it a large bag. I I, I have to stick with like a medium with with like a whole bunch of extra on it. This is a, it's a good scary movie. Like Don't get me wrong. I, I liked it. Uh, and it wrapped up just fine. It's, it's that damn runtime, man. It did not need to be two hours. I I don't know if this movie would have been better or worse if this was like an hour forty five. Um, but I I have to I have to think that it has to be a little bit better at an hour forty five just because it seemed like extra fluff in the others, like that long build was, I don't know. Um, but little parts of the comedy were like just the reactions, like you said, like when they were in the um whatever. Uh, the first scare and they saw the little green men and he went, Nope. Uh, like that's perfect. You know, that's, that's, right. I think that was a great, uh, um, added a, a flair to the movie, but I, I just can't get over. I don't know. Those, those parts where it's just like, okay, we'll get to it. Um, the, the whole TMC guy did that, that seemed unnecessary completely. Uh, yeah, it I, did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't even understand. Like, if it, was that supposed to be some sort of symbolism to something? Was that like another? I don't know. Did does did, did Jordan Peele just really like Daft Punk? Like, I I don't know why that was in there. And I'm I'm trying to find some symbolism to it, rather than just being increasing the the exploitation theme. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm I enjoyed it. Bait. I'm just having more and more gripes about like, well, this could have been better if. Listen, I like the movie. I'm probably gonna watch it again. I really did, but I can't. I can't get over the few things that would make it better. You know, like uh, that would give for me to give it a large bag. All right. Well, so, I mean, stick you, with medium with extra everything on it. It's would hard. I want to see it. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's hard for you to give this a large bag. It's not hard for me to give this a large bag. Yet again, third time in a row, this guy's got in large bags for me. I, I mean, Jordan Peele right now, this movie is telling me, and I could be jumping the gun. Sometimes I get a little passionate about stuff where I don't really think things through. But I'm telling you, I have, I grew up with horror films. So have you. We have reviewed movies for a long time. I'm telling you, this guy is it. Finally, after three movies, you got the freshman movie. You got the hopefully not the senior, uh, the sophomore slump. He didn't have that. And now he's a junior, right? I'm ready for the next one. Uh, this guy can do no wrong. Does he have a slow burn? Absolutely. Did it, did, it have a, did it need to have a reason to be two hours and 25 minutes long? No. Is there a reason for Hateful Eight to be four hours long? No. You know why? Because these guys are artists. These guys are doing everything that they need to do to tell you a story for you to pay attention to. You're right? So I, I'm excited because I think that this movie um, – we're getting something that we don't typically usually get. We're getting a mainstream movie, kind of like kind of like this year's Joker, if you will. We're getting a movie that is a mainstream release movie that probably shouldn't be mainstream released, right? Um, I thought the cinematography was great. Um, I thought the acting choices were great. Um, he's tr he's kind of Tarantino for me in that aspect because it's like, what actor is he going to put into this role? Um, I like the idea of this spaceship being uh, an organic living thing. Um, I like the mystery buildup. I just really, really enjoy the movie. 
So for me, it's a large bag. I mean, no question. If you are a fan of Jordan Peele movies, it's definitely a large. If you are just like a normal movie going audience, I don't know if you're going to like this movie, right, Eric? Preach. Like it's because I was I was telling my wife the story last night, and she went, "Well, that sounds really stupid." And I go, "Yeah, it does sound stupid." Um, but I think you have to be like a Jordan Peele fan, and I think I have been bought. I have drunk the Kool Aid. I think this is. <laughs> This is this is good. I'm excited to see what he does next. Well, so, yeah. not even just uh, him personally, but this is I mean, this is certainly like a a fanboy of, of horror who's making this. And you can tell, right? Like the yeah, things you can tell. the things that you want to see more in a horror movie that build more, he plays on a lot more. Those long shots. This was this was his spectacle movie. I'm sorry, is his spectacle movie. And just like he said in the beginning with the quote, he wants to make it something to be seen. He wants to, you know, show it in those those wide shots, um, where it it's it's wide when it needs to, and it's it's tight when it needs to be those parts mm -hmm. where it's just like the above shot of the field you know and just like the point of view of the alien or the ufo are fantastic the other parts where you are ground level looking up at the sky and it's jumping from you know rolling hill left to you know from north hill to south hill to you know back and forth and in like a twilight of the overcast i think it's great too where you get to see just the shadow or just that thing um rolling over the hill just you know what i mean just, just to have it slightly just to kind of hover whoop, over the hill and and not like shoot up completely into the stratosphere just for it to be like ground level and just out of view was is a subtle but like scary detail because it's unknown and that's what's the scary part of these movies is the unknown right and that's why i think this is good eric yeah yeah so he he, he plays into it um yeah but yeah, I, I I would have liked to. I think just the things that have more explanation. Than other parts, ah, I'm just repeating it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: we may have not gotten little green men in this movie, but next week we may be getting gray men. Huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You like that one? That was that was actually pretty. Was, what are your better segues there, Jordan? <laughs> Proud of myself on that. Oh, I hope the fans actually, because I actually want to do this, but I'm not probably going to because it will take, you know, homework for our fans. But like, I really want to do like a movie guy podcast awards category this year where Jordan's best puns, you know, like like best, you know, segues to see what they would say. But I don't think anybody would care. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody would care. But thank you, Eric, you know, so much for joining me for this episode of Nope. I was really excited. I wanted to record last night as soon as I got home, but I knew I couldn't. Like, I was just so excited to talk to you about this one. Uh, but like always, fans, download some movie guys podcast at podbean.com. We're on social media or wherever you get your podcast from, we are on that platform. So thank you always for the downloads. Every Thursday morning, there's a new episode released. So thank you so much. And Eric, thank you again for joining me. And we'll be back next week. Another awesome episode. Have a good night.